I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be when away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried ship a Well, once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Munn speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call. Our opportunity to be with you by means of radio from the port of Bon Secours, Alabama, the southernmost part of the state of Alabama. The offices, ministry building here, Fishers of Men Ministries International. I just thank you for allowing us to be in your home and for the station allowing us to be part of those who are, uh, well, we've been asked to preach the gospel, and what a blessing it is to be here. Look of Titus, Titus chapter 2, look at a couple of verses here. What I want to do, I want to talk this particular time about our great God, our great God. Why are you doing that, Brother Mon? Have you ever found yourself uh, being close to maybe someone who would you could be described as being a great person, maybe great religiously. Maybe you, uh, maybe you, you finally, uh, there was a pastor or an evangelist or maybe a missionary that has accomplished some great things. And just getting around them, you just sense the greatness of being there with them. And you, you sense their greatness, you know. I, I wonder uh, if we could possibly, if that's the way we could and should feel, uh, about our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, because he, he is in the Bible. In fact, let me read my verse, Titus chapter 2, all the way down to verse 12. It says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We think about our Savior in the Bible, all described here as being great. Have you ha- have you found him great in your life? Would it be something if, if we had this sense of greatness around people, but yet we do not sense this as we are, uh, we try to fellowship with, we try to spend time, we try to draw nigh to God, you know, and yet we don't, we do not sense his greatness, you know, we should I, I want to know this great God. I want to sense his greatness. You said, well, how, how, how Brother Mon? Well, we, we definitely can look at it as far as the Bible is concerned. We see his greatness in the Bible. Uh, the Lord said to Israel there in Deuteronomy chapter 10, after he pulled them out of the land of Egypt, he said, I want you to know for the Lord your God, this is Deuteronomy 10, 17, for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God. He wanted them to know that God was great. David said in Psalm chapter 48 and verse 1, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. How do I, you know, how do I sense this greatness from God? I see it and I read it in my Bible first. 
David said also in Psalm chapter 77, verse 13, who is so great a God as our God? Psalm 95 and verse 3, for the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. Titus chapter 2, once again, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God. Revelation chapter 19, oh, all the way down to the end of the tribulation, the time of Armageddon. You know, John said, come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. I want to know God as being great. How, how can I sense this, <clears throat> this greatness, you know? Well, I guess we can sense this greatness through, through his creation, uh, all the things of God are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Amen. Have you ever read Romans chapter 1, verse 20? What? I can see the things of God through the things that he's made? Yes. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. I can look up in the sky, or at night, or if we got together, we could look up in the sky, and we could see the multiple millions and billions of stars that's there looking out into space. But my friend, I, I can't go out into space and I can't carry you out into space. What I want to do here just for a little while, I'd like to take you down to the sea. Can I do that? Down to the seashore. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. In the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 104, you know, we think about the sea. Uh, how is it described here? Psalm 104, all the way down to verse 24, it said, O Lord, how manifold are thy works, in wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. So is this great and wide sea. And then he says, wherein are things creeping innumerable, both small and great, you know. What about the sea? It's described as being great and wide. Why? It's because, my friend, it came from the hand of a great God. So can I take you down to the seashore just for a little bit? And let's talk some things about the sea. And then let's, let's just say it's that way because God is great. Amen. We think about the sea is great in its crossing. You know, over 70% of this earth, uh, we think about covered with water. And really, as far as the oceans are concerned, really only one ocean. It just consists of five component basins. We think about the Atlantic, the Pacific, the Indian, the Arctic, and the Southern. All the bays and the rivers are, flow into these. Really, it's just one big ocean, huge. You know, what does it remind me of? A great God. From the hand of a great God. We think about the Pacific Ocean itself. 63 million 800,000 square miles. It's larger than all the land area. It's just big, you know. As far as its crossing is concerned, depending on how you cross it, it's going to take you a long time. The fast, the fastest I've been across, of course, up in the air, we think about the jet liner, going anywhere from 500 to 700 miles per hour. I've done so in 12 hours. But if by boat, Take you weeks, you know. The Pacific has one third of all the ocean's water formed by the hands of God. The sea is not only great as far as its surface is concerned, but just for a few moments, can I take you down? Can I get your head under the water? Can I take you beneath the sea? 
95% of the ocean has never been explored. They say, yet 50% of all life is in the ocean, never been seen. They say we know more about the moon than we do the ocean floor. I remember snorkeling a little bit in the Marshall Islands, off one of the islands called the Island of Jaluit. And I remember the missionary said, Brother Bon, you want to see some of what it looks like as far as uh, we think about beneath the we were in a coral atoll. I said, hey, I'd, lo- I'd love to do that. And got in a little boat down the, the particular atoll, maybe 15, 20, 30 minutes, you know, and then stopped, anchor overboard. I looked over, and you could see coral uh, heads. You could see just little fish from the top. But he said, put on the mask. Let's get in the water. So we jumped out of the boat into the water, my head down beneath the surface, going around six, seven, eight, nine, ten foot deep, and opened my eyes. And I couldn't believe it. I just every color of the rainbow. What did it remind me of? A great, a great God. Literally millions of aquatic species has never been seen by man. They said only about two to 5% of the ocean floor has ever been mapped. Most of the ocean floor is dark. Oh, we think about uh, the deepest part is the Challenger Deep there in the Pacific, over 36,000 feet. Did you hear what I said? Down in the water, 36,000 feet to get to the floor of the ocean that's there. When you get down there, it's dark. See, darkness cannot penetrate more than about 60 feet. So there's no photosynthesis there. But uh, God has so made the fish and some of the worms and jellyfish and crustaceans and squid and octopus there all to make their own light. They have light-producing cells. And down where it's just pitch dark, oh, maybe you can peek through a hole in the side of this piece of equipment that has been made to lower down to the bottom of the ocean. And you look, and it looks as if there's a car coming your way. Oh, there's something that has two beams of light, just like the headlights of a car, coming right into your face. And it's a little fish. It has light. And you look all around. There is all types of little sea creatures there that's just full of life and light that's there. Even though uh, we think about the light of the sun could not penetrate. What does it remind me of when I see something like that? Remind me. Reminds me of the greatness of God. You know, the deeper you go also, the greater the pressure. You know, in the Mariana Trench, the pressure is over 15,000 pounds per square inch PSI. Over a thousand times the atmospheric pressure. The human body can only stand about 40 to 50 pounds per square inch. So how does the fish exist in the bottom of the ocean? You know, it just seems impossible because it's created and sustained by the hands of a great God. What would happen to my body that could only stand 40 to 50 pounds per square inch if you were to push it down into an area where it's 15,000 pounds per square inch? Well, what would happen? The pressure that's there and the pressure actually causes some of the fish to look like they they look just their bodies are are so thin. What a great God we have.
You know, the ocean shows us his power, his power in creation. For God said in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 20, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life. The oceans regulate our planet's climate, provides food for millions, produces over half of our oxygen, captures most of our anthropogenic heat, the largest carbon store on our planet. What is it saying that God is so great? Shows us God's omnipotence. The ocean does. Where should I flee from thy presence? Did Joe? <laughs> did Jonah try to flee from the presence of the Lord? Did it work in the belly of the whale? Did God not know where he was in the bottom of the ocean there? Oh, if I dwell on the uttermost parts of the sea, thou art there. What does it show? God's omnipresence. The sea, once again, shows us the greatness of God. It shows us the future pardon of sin for the nation of Israel. You know what God said to that nation through Micah chapter 7, verse 19? Thou wilt cast all their sins in the depths of the sea. Over, we think about it. 30,000 feet deep. There's nothing down there. Nobody has ever been there. God is just saying, I'm going to put them in a place where nobody, nobody can find them. We could go on and on and on. All the sea shows his power. All the sea is powerful, but God is more so. I like Exodus chapter 15, verse 8. It says, With the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together, the flood stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. Just by the, huh, him just blowing out his nose. What are you saying? God is so great. It shows that God, of course, the sea shows that God is the true and living God. You know, all over the world, we think about that song, 44 different cultures, they say, that has over 200 and something uh, what they call water gods. The greatest of these, of course, was the Greeks. Their greatest water god was uh, Poseidon. Have you ever heard, heard of such? You know what? I, I know a god that's greater than this Greek god Poseidon. You said, who is it? Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17, for the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, a great, a great God. And in seeing his greatness, it helps me to know him better. It helps to him to, I guess I could say to serve him better, to love him better, and to worship him better. Do you know this God of the sea? I want to worship him and as far as this God is concerned, I want to understand that he's great. I want to sense his greatness. Until next week, this is Fisherman saying good.